I'm the only person in the world that's never listened to my podcast. Yeah. <coughs> well, uh, at the moment, you're one of, no, you're zero of 13 people who has listened to our podcast. Okay, we've mm-hmm. got 13. We have 13 now. Uh, on, have online. Is yeah. that, that including or excluding Ericsson people? That I like, think that's like. including our Ericsson people. <coughs> Let's hope that people have listened to it. Yeah. <coughs> So who was unlucky number 13? <laughs> I can't see. I can't see the persons. <laughs> I can only see... What's the internet people? coming to that you can't spy on people? <laughs> it's horrible. All Welcome to the second episode of our podcast, The Voice of 5G, in the webcast studio here at Ericsson headquarters in Stockholm, Sweden. We have me, Janina Edberg, and we have you. Me, Paul Cowling. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's start off with a little bit of recap. Uh, was there anything you wanted to talk about uh Mentioning the uh, the other podcast that we did, that we released last week. Did we get any questions, do you know? I haven't received a single question. We have two followers on SoundCloud. Ooh. Yay! Uh, and we have, we have 13 listens. So none of them had any questions, obviously. Okay, so, <laughs> I, I so there's <laughs> a tip then. If you're listening yes. to this podcast... Janina's going to give you the, the mail address to send in your questions. It is 5G podcast in one word, 5G podcast at ericsson.com. It's ericsson with C and two S's dot com. That's the email address to ask. I was very, very, I, w- I was um, anticipating a question when I uh, logged on this morning and I saw that I had a new mail and it was just a mail notification from SoundCloud. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're anticipating those questions. Please so there you see, Janina is disappointed. You mm-hmm. need to send her a mail. Mm-hmm. Yes, please do. So Janina, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about what is not 5G, as we promised <coughs> in the last episode. Oh, great. Yes. That gives us lots to talk <laughs> yes. about. So is it that much, though, that is uh, not 5G? Shall we move backwards in time to the time when we started having... The time before G. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> the, f- the time when we had just one G. The time when we had no Gs. Or even the time when the no time Gs. Had, well, I mean, Ericsson goes back a long, long way, so it's certainly to the time before, before Gs. Yeah, no mobile uh, networks done. Um, no mobile networks. Mm, well, there is this this apocryphal story of uh, Lars Eric, uh, Lars uh, Magnus Ericsson that uh, used to go around with uh, rods in his car so he could stop the car and hook them over the telephone lines to make a telephone call. Oh, the <coughs> first mobile phone. The first car. mobile. Well, yeah, mobile the first phone. mobile phone. But that's but, also but, how but you should Google it because because yeah. there, it's maybe not entirely true. But the, but as <laughs> a technique, like a good, good story. as a technique, it, it was uh, it was used, not necessarily wow. by him. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and that was uh, back in the early years, of the 1900s. Yeah. So a hundred years ago. Yes. That that uh, era's mobile phone. That era, but exactly. Th- I, I was uh, surprised to hear that it was uh, in his car, uh, or 
at least according to the story. Yeah. Because the first uh, G phone was in the car. The right? first G, the, yeah, the first mobile phones. Uh, the, the ones we all remember, we see pictures of them uh, around the office from time to time. I think we uh, even have one here. Uh, I think probably we have one in the studio. Um, the studios are exhibition hall. Yes, so people that don't understand, understand Ericsson talk. Uh, the, the first mobile phones, yeah, you were really proud if you had this great big satchel which you carried around, uh, sat in your car and uh, you could make telephone calls on it. It cost, yeah. a, cost an arm and a leg, or maybe two legs. Probably did, yeah. I was uh, too young back then. I, I was too young. And that, of course, was, was an analog telephony system. Uh, and uh, 2G, when it came, that was, that was the first digital system. So we, we moved over to digital partly uh, to make the system more secure. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I guess more reliable. Um, and so that's kind of where it all starts. The digitalization of, of the phones. Uh, but uh, I think widespread u- adoption of, of, uh, of uh, mobile phones. Yeah, sorry the, there. The, t- the 2G network spread much more widely around the globe than, than, the, the, uh, than the original one did. Yeah. And the number of subscribers uh, con- you know, the continues, to, continues to go around the gl- globe. Uh, yeah. But uh, globally, a very high adoption rate for, for mobile telephony these days. But there's still quite a few people that are still using 2G. Yeah. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you're complaining about your 4G not being very quick, spare yeah. a thought for those people <laughs> who are still catching up. But they are catching up. <coughs> yeah. Uh, this was uh, then the 2G. It was was it mid 1990s that it came, or yeah, early 1990s? Um, something, something like that. Like it that? Was bef- before my time at Ericsson. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I was interested in other things then. Yeah. Huh? But that but, was uh, uh, that was my first phone though. Yeah. Mid, uh, something like mid to late 1990s. Yeah, my first uh, my first phone was a was an Ericsson Brick. Yeah. Uh, one of these uh, black, uh, well, bricks. Black that, bricks. A black yeah. brick that you that you could uh, carry around in your pocket, mm-hmm. just about. Had an antenna. Had an side. antenna on the outside because it was des- designed to be the very best in terms of technology, so it had to have the best reception, yeah. which meant putting the antenna on the outside, Yeah. at least in those days. Yeah, we were very proud of our antennas on the outside there. Yeah. At least our engineers were. Mm. Uh, not so cool with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the revolutionary thing, I think, with, with the GSM or uh, 1G or... Uh, no, sorry, 2G, uh, was, I think, that SMS started to come. SMS. Yeah. S- SMS was a miracle. Yeah. Because uh, nobody really expected SMS to be as popular as it was. And for and those so who are not calling it SMS, they call it text. Text. Texting, ah, right? Yes. Texting. Yeah, uh, yeah we've, we're going to have a problem here with, with language because yes. lots of things are called different things in depending the world, d- yeah. depending where in the world you sit. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're sitting in, in Germany, you probably don't understand why we're talking about mobiles and not talking about handies. Oh. oh. And if you're in the US, I guess you're thinking we're talking about mobiles when we're talking about cell phones, which is the same. Which is the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, language we barriers, <coughs> even though, I mean, I'm Swedish. We need, you're s- we need subtitles. Yes, you're English, uh, but you know Swedish. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we're going to walk into these traps again. 
technically, Janina, I'm not Swedish. Oh, sorry. Yes, <laughs> you are a Swedish citizen nowadays. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I should say that Paul uh, speaks excellent Swedish. Ja, visst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, w- that was 2G, but the, the, th- the thing with 2G, 2G was a direct replacement for, for your telephone. It was designed to handle voice, uh, so to make telephone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, SMS came along as a kind of oh, nice idea to have uh, and proved to be very, very popular. Who'd have, th- who'd have thought that, that sending a, you know, what shall I buy for dinner would, was going to be, uh, you know, an important service for yeah. people's lives, but it is. Uh, and uh, we're still asking each other what shall I have for dinner, even to this day. We do. Uh, but uh, 3G came along. Yes. Well, what did, thri- what did 3G do? It was, this was early 2000s. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 3G... Well, you could you could do uh, you could send data and receive data and stuff on 2G, but uh, it was a bit slow. And 3G was going to change all that and give us new applications and WAP and stuff. Um, and, uh, and and it did. Uh, 3G was where we were when uh, when the first iPhone launched. So, you know, the the whole smartphone thing before we had feature phones, which were gave you. Uh, ways of accessing the internet and doing stuff for the f- smartphone yep. came 2007 maybe yeah something like that um, and that changed uh, the way you used your telephone uh, we'd already changed what telephones were for or the, the role of telephones yeah this thing so where you <coughs> instead of calling a number you call a person yeah instead of instead of having a telephone at a location and you having to go to the phone, which meant that lots of people shared the phone because it was at the same in your ha- you know at home you had one phone for the house. Mm-hmm. Now you had one phone for each person. Yeah, and that was a that was that a is a change. new new thing. Three um, G phones stopped being phones. Phones became a way of of accessing the internet, and uh, um, Android arrived and. Uh, the Apple phone arrived and uh, you started getting applications and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it became more than a device to talk with or possibly send SMS. It became like a small computer more and more. Yeah, and uh, you saw it also with the with uh, Ericsson's uh, partnership with Sony. You know, we, we had the first Walkman phones. We had the first camera phones. Right. You know, so uh, the, the phone in your pocket, suddenly, you know, it was it was your diary. You, you could uh, play music on it. You yeah. could uh, you could take photos on it. You could share photos on it. <laughs> so lots of the things that we're familiar with today started at three G. I I still have vivid mem- memories of the first uh, uh, iPhone I saw, uh, where you could actually like just click on the screen and you like open apps and stuff like that. It was a revolution when mm-hmm. it came. Yeah, and it that was with three G. That was with 3G. It's uh, if I if I dare say it, Apple, Apple lovers will probably kill me for it. But it's a bit like the change that went from when Microsoft introduced Windows instead of instead of DOS operating system. Well, then they copied a lot of. Them. <laughs> <coughs> Who knows? Something's lost to time. <laughs> I'm a, I was an avid Mac user back in the day. Oh, yeah. You were the one. <laughs> I was the one. Uh-huh. Uh, so, 4G then. 4G. 
Yeah. Yeah, but well, okay. So we now have we're s- now we're now we're now we're talking. Twenty. Well, now we're not talking. Now we're surfing. Like yeah. Now we're not now talking. Now twenty ten. Yeah. Maybe the end of twenty twenty two thousand and nine. But okay. but around there. Around there. Um, then four uh, G came along. Uh, and one of the interesting things with 4G is that the first time that, that we actually got a standard which was globalised around the world. With 3G, we had uh, wideband CDMA, which was most of the world, and then you had uh, CDMA, which was uh, in some of the other markets. Long-term evolution, LTE, that, um, that, that became the, the standard for everyone, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are two flavours of, of LTE. Uh, one of which uh, kind of started in, how shall I say, North America and, and, and Europe and, and uh, was uh, the, the, the heart of most of the original rollouts and, then, and another which, um, which was very popular in, in Asia. Uh, but what we see today is that both of those are used in, in all markets. Um, yeah, that's uh, FDD <coughs> and TDD. That's right. FDD and, and TDD. So it's and, just and different flavors. And they, yeah, they're different <laughs> flavors. Uh, we can uh, we can maybe dig into the difference on a on another web uh, podcast. Let's do that. Let's do that. But uh, one is about frequencies, and mm. the other one's about time. So just to to move back a little bit. So three G, we had. Uh, Wideband CDMA, we had... Uh, CDMA. Sorry, CDMA. And wideband CDMA. And wide by yeah. wideband CDMA. We had a lot of different standards that uh, that uh, was around the globe. Yep. And 4G is LTE. And that's the standard. And that's also why the standardization body that we talk about a lot in this is called 3GPP. Right. So it was built. Which means? <laughs> I don't remember. You don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> it's about 3G performance. Um, partnership. partnership um, yeah, something like yeah, that. Something but like, yeah, something like Sorry. I think we might need to check that out. We, we don't need to do that because everybody in telecoms, if you'd say 3GPP, they go, oh, yes, 3GPP. And if you ask them what does it mean, maybe one in ten can give you the right answer. Third generation partnership project. There you are, you see. Yeah. Had a partnership in there somewhere. Yeah. But although it's the name says third generation, uh, they're still with us today. And, uh, and in fact, if when we talk about 5G, which we're not talking about today because we're talking about what's not 5G, um, uh, they're the people that are making the standards for 5G. Yeah. Um, and they are working continuously with uh, new standards and new versions um New yeah standards evolve mm. so um it's a bit like uh i think of a car if you if you uh, if the first thing you do is you, you you build a new model ford or something um he's been around a, a long time like ericsson um you, you build a new model and then, uh, yeah, well, that's nice, but I would like uh, some snazzier seats and some go faster stripes and things. So you build a L model, or, and then you get a GL model and things. Um, telecom networks are a bit like that; they they evolve. So we start with we start with the standard, which which makes everything happen. 
Uh, and then we think of new things that we can do with the network and ways to make it better that we didn't have time for or we, we, hadn't, uh, we, hadn't inv we hadn't invented when we built the first standard. We see when we start using uh, a network, then we find uh, new things that we can use it for. But maybe we should talk about what is a standard? Why do we need a standard? Well, it's it's quite obvious when you go from ma very many standards all over the world. You have to actually buy a new phone when you're in a new country. I've been mm. through that. Yeah, but it's That's not. It's, it's very annoying. But I mean, it's not just about differences in different countries. Mm -hmm. um, if uh, I want to buy a phone, I need to make. I need to understand that the phone that I buy is guaranteed to work with the network that my operator has. Mm -hmm. And the way that you do that is that you define a standard that says this is the way it should work. And uh, you both both sides test against the standard and uh, or test again, and then test again probably against the, the, each other's equipment um, to see mm -hmm. that, yeah, my product meets the standard, your product meets the standard, and they work together. And is and that what we call then uh, multi-vendor tests? That would be a multi-vendor test. A type of multi-vendor. A type of multi-vendor yeah. multi test. And there's a lot of testing goes on uh, all the time, really, really between uh, different device suppliers, different uh, telephone handset suppliers, uh, network equipment vendors like, uh, like, like Ericsson, uh, to see that all of the different components in, in the ecosystem that all of those interwork with each other and that, that, uh, that, that this thing's going to work. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of that in the last 12 months when yes. it comes to 5G. Lots, uh, we see lots of press releases about uh, we're the first ones in the world to have tested this and this and this in a customer network. or and you know, Lots those of worlds things. first. Lots of yeah. Ah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it is, it but, is but, world's but first, but it uh, could it be is, for... But, uh, but uh, it's, uh, again, like building a house. The lot, there are lots of bricks. Yeah. And then each brick's the first time you put that brick in place. Uh, but uh, and, and each brick is important in terms of holding up the structure. Yeah. But you need all of those bricks in place and, until finally you've got your 5G house. And that's oh kind right. of where we're getting to today. It is. <coughs> <coughs> Should we first we're, we're start in off the, with? You know, we're, <laughs> we're in the kitchen fitting the units and uh, you yeah. know, they're, they're uh, tiling the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. And this pretty soon someone's going to be able to move in. Fact, this is leading fact. to so much different things that we should Ooh. talk about today. Like, um, uh, for instance, uh, the, uh, the Verizon... Verizon, yeah. yeah, the Verizon. They they went out a month or two ago now. Uh, no, I think it was first of October, uh, or around there, with the news that they now have launched the first commercial five G network yeah. with something called fixed wireless access. Uh, yeah, well, it was something called Verizon Home, but it but technology wise, we call it fixed wireless access. Okay. Um, and uh, they announced it, I think, in the summer that uh, that they were going to go live in, in October so that they could invite subscribers to sign up and pay or buy in to, to, to be customers. Yeah. What's so the difference between these and, and earlier ones then that have also said that, uh, oh, this is the first 5G network? 
Is there any? Is it, well, this just marketing? Uh, I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit like your. It's, it's a bit like the analogy with the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that. Uh, what we see with Verizon is that, that uh, you, they're creating a commercial service uh, using standards which, which they've driven. So it's, it's not the final 3GPP standard, but it's a 5G standard. Um, uh, using commercial, commercial network equipment, using commercial software, using commercial devices. Um, and, it's a, a, and it's a replicatable and scalable system. Um, We've seen other people announcing the launch of 5G commercial s- systems, but, but not just but other people. Uh, Ericsson has also <laughs> announced other 5G networks. Uh, we we do lots of work in and lots of uh, pilot networks and trial networks. Uh, we have uh, multiple networks around the world where you know consumers and other users have been able to to use the network in in some sense or form. Um, but I think that this is a because Verizon is so big as well that it really does mark a, the, a true milestone in terms of going from testing networks, pilot networks, pre-commercial networks, uh, which may or may not have c- um, consumers and, and live customers, to a full commercial service, um, okay. which is kind of expected to pay its way. Yeah. And even though it's not uh, completely 3GPP standard. Yeah, yeah, even though. Yeah. And also, no. I mean, a big thing about it is that there is no real handsets yet. Well, that's that's the interesting thing with fixed wireless access. Is, and with handsets, oh. we mean smartphones. <laughs> Sorry. Handies, <laughs> cell phones. <laughs> cell phones. <laughs> So let's let's go back back a couple of steps. Yeah. Uh, for all with those people that don't live in North America, Verizon is a big mobile operator in North Thank America. Thank you. Um, and uh, we'll go back and talk about fixed wireless access because we didn't really say what that was. Mm-hmm. So um, um, a lot of people, I guess, a lot of people listening to this podcast at least are familiar with the concept of broadband at home. That uh, you have a uh, if you go a long time back, maybe it was not quite so broadband, you used to have a dial-up modem. Ooh, uh, yes. And then uh, then maybe you had ADSL or VDSL or a cable technology which connected to your house. Uh, and then uh, then if you're really lucky, they came and offered you fibre, which is, of course, a lot more common today, mm-hmm. uh, to cable your house. But there are a lot of people out there that don't have fibre to their home or they're not happy with the service they're getting. Um and uh, mobile operators have the opportunity uh, now that the capacity in mobile networks is increasing to offer broadband to people's homes, so you can connect your home to the fiber, uh, to the um, to the operator's network. Yeah, to the internet. To the internet. Yeah. Correct. But over yeah. the air instead but of digging down a fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so instead of having someone come and dig up your front yard. Uh, and uh, put in a cable to your house, uh, you can uh, put up a box on the outside of your house, a bit like you would put up a, um, uh, a satellite dish for, for TV that talks to the mobile network. And uh, I, c- certainly for me, <laughs> I can see the attraction of not having someone to come up and dig, dig up my front yard, especially yeah. as I normally, as a consumer, you normally need to pay for it. 
So even you know, simple for that for that simple reason, you can understand it can be attractive to to people to to use it. And if you're in an area where you can't get a fibre service, of course, it's it's very it's attractive. extra attractive, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we should say that fixed wireless access isn't new for five G. Right. We Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about fixed wireless access because it's not five G, right? <laughs> Correct. That's very true. Um, the, we're, there's quite a long history of, of uh, using mobile network for for, um, uh, for fixed wireless. I think Ericsson had modems all the way back into the 2G area, and you can imagine how slow that must have been. <coughs> uh, Painfully. But, but uh, 4G networks, and the 4G networks today, uh, you know, we, we can uh, run a gigabit per second over a 4G network. At uh, top speed. At, at top speed. Mm -hmm. oh, probably a bit more these days at top speed. Um, so there's there's plenty of capacity there to provide uh, a, uh, a broadband service to to consumers, mm. and uh, that's what we call g gigabit LTE, right? We call it gigabit LTE, mm. but it's like very fast. Yeah, four G, fast four G, mm. fast forward. Um, so one example there is um, in Australia. Um, there, there's a company there called MBN who provides uh, broadband on a on a nationwide basis. It's uh, it's supported by the government to to roll out broadband to the nation, so they get so they get good broadband infrastructure. Yeah, because they are a vast country, but uh, it's a very big place. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> and some places, some some places, you know, you've got big cities uh, with lots of people, densely uh, densely populated areas, and then you've got other areas which have much lower population densities, mm. and they actually use a mix of technologies. Um, so they use conventional. Uh, fiber broadband where there's lots of properties and you don't have mm -hmm. to dig very long distances um, and then they use fixed wireless access using the 4G network um, in uh, areas where it's people are more spread out uh, and in the really remote areas where it's a long way in between mm -hmm. then they even use satellite to, uh, oh, yes. to, to provide a connection Right. And uh, just to compare the different uh, Gs then, I have a note here that says that uh, the top speed uh, on the 3G was 384 kilobit per second. And oh, that's, that's old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how much could you get up in on 3G? Uh, I mean, 3G has been evolving in a similar way that 4G has been evolving. So I think in 3G... Uh, someone with probably edge. probably as somebody will mail me afterwards and say that that's not true. But uh, with uh, yeah, HSDPA plus and Edge, no Edge is um, 2G. Oh, um, Forty megabits per second, eighty megabits per second. You heard that? Email us if you think it's otherwise. <laughs> And then but, but when you, you when you ask me these off the cuff <laughs> questions, I'll have to come back next week and say, uh, <coughs> sorry. That's why we have our connect corrections corner at the, corner. <laughs> at the start of every podcast. So, so, so that's a good things. good time to say that don't believe everything you hear on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> or on Not the podcast. <laughs> so four G then. Yeah. Two gigabit per second. I saw. Four G. The other day. Yeah, two two gigabits per second. Yeah. It's uh, it's. Certainly, we've we've done uh, we've done that with customer, yeah. And five G is promising up to 
10 or even more gigabit per second? Yeah, 5G is, uh, we, we've certainly demonstrated, uh, I think, 20 gigabits per second and, and plus. But uh, the, 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 the speed and the capacity they get in 5G is very much dependent on how much spectrum you light up. And that's an excellent ending of this podcast, Ooh. right? And because why is that, Janina? <laughs> because next time we're going to talk about spectrum. Ah, <laughs> we are. Yes, we're going to make a deep dive into the spectrum because I think you have a lot to say about it. Mainly because we actually al already uh, recorded a podcast that didn't work for us <laughs> on the topic. Uh, so <coughs> let's save this uh, for next time. So this podcast is now available on Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, follow us and rate us. Write us an email on 5gpodcast at ericsson.com. Uh, and uh, subscribe if you didn't <laughs> if you didn't already do that. Uh, you can follow Ericsson Networks on Twitter at Ericsson Network uh, and ask us questions or comments there too. And we are also on Twitter, Paul. So if you want to Google our names. You, you can, can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, thank you for this time. And here is your banana, Paul. <laughs> thank you, Janina. <laughs> I was wondering when I was going to get my banana. <laughs> See you next time.